Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of God of all ages, welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we thank you for making the time to tune in. Take a moment to get focused, clear your mind, close your eyes, open your heart, and receive what God has for you on this day. City Place, good morning, happy Sunday. I am so excited you are here. I feel like it's a God-ordained Sunday. I don't know about you, but I certainly feel like God is in this place and ready to speak to us. The question is, are we ready to hear from Him? I'm ready to do it. Listen, there is so much happening at City Place and we can't wait for you to be a part of it. But right now, buckle up. Get yourself ready, clear your area, clear all the distractions. And if you haven't downloaded your notes this morning, you wanna go to cityplacechurch.com backslash notes and get ready to get the word of God. All right, City Place, are you ready? Did you download today's message notes? You can find today's message notes at cityplacechurch.com backslash notes, or you can go to uh, our church center app or our version Bible app to download today's uh, message notes under City Place Church, uh, Orlando. You know, we've been in a series called uh, Breakthrough and over the last few weeks, we've been talking about life, money, and hope. And I don't know if you got a chance to watch uh, and be a part of last week's service where uh, Pastor Taisha really talked about the why. Why? Why financial blessing? Why financial excellence? And so I'm gonna just continue on that thought. And today we're gonna come from a perspective of keep the change, keep keep the change. I don't know about you, when, when, whenever you've gone into a store or maybe a restaurant and you've had great service and I uh, just kind of did something to you and you, you know, you pay the bill and then you just kind of go keep the change. It's like a little something extra uh, because it, 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 it's, it changed you, that, that experience changed you. And so today I just want to give kind of like a, thief, a thesis thought this, this morning. And, and this is it. We can't address the money until we address our mindset. Like we can't address the money until we address our mindset. And Pastor Ty, last week, she was talking about the why. And we dealt in the why and talked about vision and, and uh, how important that is. And so uh, we can't talk about the money until we get that mindset change. We're, we, we've been focusing over the last few weeks of like, we need a mindset change. We need God's mind because in Haggai, God said, Hey, listen, you have clothes, you have food and you have drinks and it never seems to satisfy or meet that need 100 percent. And he said, consider your ways, consider the way you think. And so we just said that the mindset that we have as it relates to finances matters. In week number one, we we said, you know, if we looked at five things based on the numbers, that could bring about some change. But man, God also has a perspective as it relates to earnings and spending and investing and, and all those different things. And then last week, Pastor Taisha, she talked about the why. And so today, we're going to lean into keeping the change because we can't address the money until we address our mindset. Shannon McClay said this, and I believe Pastor Taisha mentioned this last week as well. If you're forced to do something and you don't really embrace it from a mindset shift, then the second you have the ability to do the other things, you're going to go back to that behavior because you didn't really embrace the change. So instead of us going back to where we were, 
in this year that has been declared to us as a church that this is the year that God does it, what if we allow God to change our perspective as it relates to finances, allow us to walk in financial breakthrough, and then what if we keep the change? Like, what if we say, wow, God, everything that you did has, has totally impacted me. I'm going to keep the change. Like, I'm, I'm going to keep the change that you started. The Bible actually says that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it to the day of Jesus. So this morning, as we're talking about the mindset, we want to keep the change. We want to keep the work that God has started in us so that we can see and experience financial breakthrough. We, 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 we just been going practical over the last few weeks. So write this down, write this down. If we change our mindset, we can change our money. If we change our mindset, we change our money. So we got to change our money, our, our mindset towards money. So how can we do that? Here's the first thing. Here we, here's the first thing. Write this down. Write this down. We're changing our mindset towards money. Here's the first thing. Write this down. God owns everything. I am his manager. So we have to have this thought process right out the gate that God owns everything. I am his manager. So if I'm going to keep the change and if I'm going to change my mindset towards money, here it is. God owns everything. I manage it. But Pastor Damon, I work 40 hours a week. Pastor Damon, I have this business. Pastor Damon, but that's my money. God owns everything. You and I manage it. So what comes into my home, my wife and I, we manage it but it belongs to God. We have to have that flexibility to say, God, you are in complete control as it relates to the finances that's in my care. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to enjoy some of the things that we enjoy. Like, he's not, but no, it's like, God, at the end of the day, you're involved in every single decision as it relates to your kingdom finances. So God owns everything. I am his manager. So what's needed then? So if God owns everything and I'm his, I'm his manager, what's needed? It goes to what Pastor Ty was talking about a little bit last week, that why? What's needed is a vision from God that's written down. If we're going to change our mindset toward money and we're going to sit as a foundation that God owns everything and I am his manager, then right out the gate, we need to know. And we need a vision from God that's written down. Here's what Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. See, without a vision, we do whatever we want to do. It's not my vision, it's God's vision, because another version says, without a prophetic revelation, the people cast off Restraint without the instruction and the vision that only God can give. I run around with no direction, but happy is he who keeps the instruction of God. So what's needed? We need a vision from God that's written down. If we don't write down a vision, 
is just an idea. Are you with me? Are you with me? Here it is. I wrote this down. We all need a found. We all need a financial vision from the Lord. That's clear. We all need a financial vision of the Lord. Habakkuk chapter two, verse one says this. It says, this is Habakkuk. Now listen to his, his dialogue. I will stand at my gate post, my guard post, and station myself on the tower. And I will keep watch to see what he, that's God, will say to me. And what answer I will give him as his spokesman. So I represent him when I am reproved. That means that whether there's correction there or something needs to be changed. Verse two, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tablets so that the one who reads it will run. For the vision is yet for an appointed future time. It hurries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail, even though it delays. Wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. See, we all need a financial vision from the Lord. See, Habakkuk said, I'm going to stand right here. I'm not going to move anywhere until I have clarity on what he says. So then I can answer correctly as his spokesman. So literally, whatever God puts in my hand or in my mouth to say, they're not my words. I represent him. Why? Because God owns everything and I'm just a manager. And so if I get a vision from God, I know that there is some success that comes with God's vision. So he says, once you get it, I want you to write down the vision, Habakkuk. And I want you to make it plain. So write it down, make it plain. And then he says, and then engrave it on clay tablets. Like make it so clear so that you can run. If you watched our or if you got a chance to spend time with us in service when we did our Dream Again series, we said that God speaks through dreams and visions. And we said that God's vision for your life will focus on his kingdom agenda, purpose, plan and people. But you and I get the benefit. So as God downloads to you vision for your life, for your family, for your marriage, for your walk with him, for your next step in life, it's going to always have the element of God's kingdom purpose and plan, how he wants it to play out for his people, but you get the benefit. Are you with me? So if you're going to school and you're going after that degree, God has designed inside of that pursuit some form of kingdom impact, but you get the benefit. Are you with me? Can you say amen? Don't forget to like and share today's message. See, we all need a vision from God that's written down and clearly put, since we're talking about life, money, and hope, we all need a financial vision from the Lord. So practically speaking, come on, get your pens out, get your pens out. Practically speaking, if we're going to talk about developing a family vision statement or family vision, let's make it practical. Are you ready? So here's how, here's how. I'm going to go through these quick. Here's how. And we look at, when we look at Habakkuk, we can get some we can get a little bit of a rhythm on how to on how to download and make it plain what God wants to say. So here it is. Number one, 
set aside time to pray, read God's word, share your heart, and listen. So we're going to set aside time to pray, read God's word, share your heart, and listen. What does that look like? You're spending time with God. I'm going to stand right here. It's what Habakkuk said. I'm going to see what he has to say. And then I'll know how to respond based on what he says. So there are things that's, that's always moving in our heart and in our mind that sometimes we may act on. Are you with me? I've done that so many times in my life. I've, I've gone after this job. I've gone after this thing. I've bought this. I've made this decision. I pursued this or whatever it may be. And then I go, God, what do you think? No, if we're going to have a vision from the Lord and we're going to be able to write it down clearly, we need to pray about it first. We bring, coming with God's word because there's a promise around anything that God would do in our life. There's a promise in his word. And then we're going to be honest. God, I got this desire to, 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 to own my own business. I got, got a desire to, 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 to date this person if you're single. I've got this desire to, to, to whatever it may be on your list, whatever it is that you would dialogue with God, we always bring it to the Father first so that we walk out his vision. And then after we do that, we listen to what he has to say. The second thing we would do is we write down what we hear. So we write down what we hear. And then after you write down what we hear, you repeat. You pray, you read God's word, you share, you listen, and you write. Why? Because I don't just run on the instruction. I also need to download his strategic plan. God always has a strategic plan. If you're like me sometimes, I just don't give him enough time to download it. God was very specific with Noah on how to build the ark. He was very specific with, with uh, Moses on how to build the tabernacle. He was very specific with Solomon on how to build the temple. God is very, very specific. Number three, engage the, engage, engage the clarity of God's vision. So let it sink in. He said the vision is yet for an appointed time. So we have to let it sin in. So it, ha it has to be engraved on our heart. God, this is what you showed us. This is what you've called our family to. This is the vision for my life that I've written down. This is the financial vision for my family. This is the financial vision for our business. This is the financial plan for college, whatever it may be. Now let me saturate. Let me think on it. And then I pray again. And then I read God's word. And then I share with him. And then I listen. And then I just keep going. <clears throat> then... You wait patiently. Allow God time to refine, to refine you and continue to download what he sees. Remember, he says, wait for an appointed time. It will not fail. It will surely come. So in that waiting period of fulfillment of vision, God says, listen, I'm refining you. Because the vision that God will give us Listen, it's going to take some faith. It's going to take some reach. It's going to take more prayer. It's going to take more spiritual planning. And God says, while all of that is taking place, you're just repeating all of the steps. You're repeating all of the steps over and over again. I'm building something in you so that you can be able to handle the vision. And then the last part of developing a family vision statement is once you write that baby down, you work assuredly as if it depends on you while knowing it depends on God. <clears throat> so you work it. you got the vision. You start working it as if you're going to make it happen, but you're not working to make it happen. You're working because you know that you're praying, you're reading God's word, 
You're telling him what's on your heart. You're listening and then you're making sure that every moment that he downloads more and more as it relates to your vision, God's always involved. Why? Because we're asking God to change our mindset because he owns everything and I manage the vision he gives us. You manage the vision that God gives you as it relates to your life and in this subject, your kingdom finances. And so you work assuredly as it depends on you. And so include your spouse, include your kids as you guys create this vision for your family. So here's a little bit of work that I want you to do this week. I want you to go to God and I want you to ask God to download to you and your family and your home. What's his vision for your family? And then craft a family vision statement. It may not be crafted in a week. Why? Because you have to pray. You have to read God's word. So you craft your vision, your family vision statement. And then you ask God, God, based on this vision that you showed us for our family. Download the vision that you have for our family as it relates to our finances. Are you with me? Here's number two. So if we're changing our mindset toward money, number one, we said God owns everything and I'm his manager. And we said that we're going to need that family vision. We need God to download the vision. Number two is going to be this. We have to realize that money is a tool used to achieve set personal, financial and kingdom designed goals. Money is a tool used to achieve set personal, financial and kingdom designed goals. So money's a tool. That's it. Let me prove it. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. This is what the Lord says. He's talking to the people of Israel. He's literally promised them that they're going to walk into lands that they didn't even have to develop, houses they didn't have to build, vineyards they didn't have to plant, wells they didn't have to dig. He literally says this. And then when he gets to verse, he gets to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, he says, Now listen, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth Watch this now, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So God literally says, hey, you're going to walk into blessing more than what you have now, more than what you had in Egypt, more than what you walked in when you were working here and you were working there and you were in the grind. He says, now, listen, be careful that you don't forget about God because it was him that empowered you to gain the overflow of resources. And he says, and the reason why it's done is so that it can be an establishing tool for God's purpose and God's promise before you and I ever walked on the scene. So could it be that the thing that we are desiring or we feel God pushing us to, could it be that the prayers of your grandmother or your aunt or a cousin you didn't know was praying for their future generations. Lord, break the cycle of debt. Lord, break the cycle of no one going to school. Lord, break the cycle of broken marriages. Lord, break the cycle of no one knowing you. God, break the cycle. Could it be that us carrying the load of the spiritual wealth of God or the financial blessing of God, could it be God's promise to somebody else that was praying a long time ago. See, the kingdom finances that God gives you and God gives me is to establish 
God's set goal. Now remember, but you and I get the benefit. You and I get to live in the house or the apartment or our kids get to go to this school or maybe we get to ride in this car or the kids have this cool bike or skateboard, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, I manage but God owns. And so the money that comes into my hands and the resources that come into your hands, that's a tool for set personal financial and kingdom designed goals. So here's some work this week as well as you're working on your vision statement. I want to challenge all of us to identify and write down three personal and kingdom goals. And then I want you to, so no matter what it is, I want you to just drop it down. I want to do this. This is on my goals list. This is what my kingdom goal is. This is here. And then I want you at the end of the day, I want you to ask yourself this question. How does it relate to now my fresh God-given vision for my life? How does this relate to God's now fresh download of family vision and God's fresh download of financial vision. See, these are the questions that we're constantly asking ourselves when we go, okay, I'm changing my mindset toward money and I've got to get God's kingdom perspective. And you got to go back and listen to the first few weeks of the, of the message to put, bring all of this together. But at the end of the day, God changed my mindset. You know what? He owns it all. I'm his manager. So every step of the process, I'm asking God, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? I wrote this. If we make room for God's vision and plan, when written and studied, it both empowers and it constrains. Watch this. If we make room for God's vision for our life, and if we make room for God's plan for our life, and it's written down, it will empower you and constrain you. My pastor says this. He says, um, Sometimes you have to wear the constraints of the vision. That's, that's, that's something that we, we, we always said at our culture back, back in North Carolina. Was He said, sometimes you have to wear the constraints of the vision because we wanted to do certain projects and, and all those other things. He said, well, wait a second, wait a second. Our vision is this. I know we might want to do that, but, but the vision empowers us to do things, but it also constrains us. See, the vision that God gives you for your family is not the vision that God gives my family. So therefore, I may not be doing what you're doing. I step out of what God called our family to do when I start chasing what God called your family to do. Are you with me? See, the vision will empower you, but it also constrains you. So when God downloads to you financial vision, if God says part of your family vision is, hey, uh, we're going to send our kids to college. Okay, so then it may not be the best time to go buy the Bentley. Are you with me? Like, like, we might want the Bentley, but our family vision says that we will send our kids to college. Like, that's part of the financial goals that we downloaded in our time with God. So, therefore, uh, the, I know I might want to pursue this, but you know what? I'm not going to do that because this, I'm, I'm wearing the constraints of the vision. However, it's time for my kids to go to school. Woo! We get to, we're empowered to send them. Why? Because we, 
we have the vision that God gave us. And so if we make room for God's vision and God's plan when written and studied, it both empowers and constrains. Proverbs chapter 22 says this in verse one, it says a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished by humility and the fear of the Lord. Watch this, are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Verse 7, the rich rules over the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender. Proverbs, Solomon is downloading knowledge. And he frames this financial discussion by saying, listen, there is nothing like a good name. If you're taking notes, I wrote this down in my notes. A good name is priceless. Like a good name is priceless. Not having uh, a high credit score, like a good name. I got the good credit score because my name was good. Like, that, that's not my identity. No, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Are you with me? Like, he literally says, your name is so priceless. Proverbs chapter 22, verse, uh, verse 26 says, do not shake hands in pledge for debts. Let someone come and take up your own bed. Like, my name is the most powerful thing next to Jesus and all those different things that I could, like, say is fresh. Like, Damon Moore, whatever your name is, priceless. So we got to make sure that we don't shake our hand in anything financially that could ruin your great name. Why? Because you are attached to the great name of God, right? Why? Because you're his manager. You steward all of his resources. And so realizing that my good name is on the line, I'm going to wear the constraints of the vision. Are you with me? My good name is on the line. Well, it's not just my good name, it's his name as well. So it's so priceless. But then he says loving God's favor is priceless as well. He says loving favor is more preferred than silver and gold. I, I found this verse in scripture where it says um, the favor of the Lord will surround you as a shield. So if I look at the favor of the Lord from God's perspective and say this is priceless. I have a good name and I have God's favor. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse two says, I tell you this. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Like what if we walked around and say, God, it's your favor. I recognize that the resources that I have is your favor. I recognize that the process of downloading the vision to my family is your favor. I realize that the job that I have, even though I may not enjoy it, is your favor. God, I realize that I walk in favor. Can you just say that right now? Like, God, I'm favored. Like, favor is more valuable. He goes on to say, humility and the fear of the Lord, which means to reverence, honor, and recognize his lordship. Like, 
That is the prerequisite to be entrusted with God's kind of wealth, honor, and life. He literally says, by fear, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. So literally, if I humble myself and say, God, it's not about me, I'm, I'm your manager. If you say, God, I'm your manager and you own it all, like the stuff that I have doesn't own me. You own it. And above all else, you will always get the glory because it's your vision that you're downloading to us. God, I'm just grateful. God says, hey, they've got the prerequisite. They, 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 they can handle it. They're allowing me to create the vision of their life and they're going to walk it out. They've, they've found that I own it all and they manage. But then he says this, he says, thorns and snares are the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. There's a verse where Paul said, man, the pursuit of riches is what pulled people away. They pulled themselves away from the faith and got trapped in all sorts of snares. I wrote this down. Soul care is a key to avoiding financial traps. Soul care. Am I, am I getting that? Am I chasing that? Am I pursuing that because my soul's not healthy? Psalm 62, the writer says, my soul finds rest in you alone. I get full right, right in the presence of God. I'm refreshed in the presence of God. It's not in the next thing that I buy. It's not the, in the thing that I acquire. It's not in my pursuit for X, Y, Z. No, my soul remains healthy in you. And then the last two things that's in that scripture, he says, uh, train up a child in the way he should go when they're old, they won't depart. I wrote this down. Train yourself and your family before you wreck yourself and generations. Like he says, train up a child in the way they, they should go when they're old, they won't depart. Like if you instill in them now that their name is valuable, if you instill in them now to love God's favor over riches and silver and gold, if you train them now to have humility and the fear of the Lord, if you train them now to care more about their soul health than to fall into the traps and the stairs, if you train them up when they get old, they won't depart from you teaching them. But I had to write it down. We train ourselves and our family or we wreck ourselves and generations to come. How many of us have seen the same cycles in our families, whether it's some form of an addiction, relationship issues, mental health issues, financial issues. Have we ever paused and said, wait a second. I have to get God's perspective. This could be in my bloodline because no one stopped to say that's not what God created. So I'm challenging us as we're asking God for breakthrough. God wants to break through in our kingdom finances as well. He wants us to be able to enjoy life and not live with stress because his kingdom view is, is like, I want you to impact people but you get the benefit of the tangible thing that we all enjoy. And then he says, but hey, listen, I want to be clear. The rich rule over the poor. The borrower is servant to the lender. He literally says, hey, um, be careful. Because if your view is wrong, when you think you're winning, you might actually be pulled like a puppet. Oh, I got to pay this. Ah, no, I got to pay this. We want to go on that vacation, but we can't. 
I got to do this. Have you ever felt that way? Like you get that bill or you get that thing and it's like, oh, it's pulling me. I wrote this. Money is not my master. Money is not my master. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. God said, you can't serve God and chase riches. Mammon. So we have to realize that money is a tool. Which then leads me to number three. Money is to be dictated to. It has no permission to dictate. Money is to be dictated to, not to dictate. God has empowered you as his steward, as his manager, to literally go, God, you download the vision to me and my family, to my business, based on the vision that you established for my family, for my business, the financial vision that you downloaded once you gave us the vision for our family. Now, the money will do what we tell it to do because I'm God's manager, he owns it all, and obviously he knows the strategy for it. So we tell money where to go. It doesn't tell us where to go. You literally say, money, um, you belong to him. Father, where does this go? John chapter 25, verse 14 said, it's the parable of the talents. And literally, Jesus gives this parable. He says, to one, five talents, to another, two, and to one, he gave one. And the Bible says that the one with five went and invested it, and it increased with five more. Two invested it, increased. Two, one grabbed it and hid it. And the Bible says that the master came back and literally said, hey, how'd you handle the resources? Where did you tell it to go? And one said, I, um, I invested it here, and I knew that you were coming back for it. And so I just want you to know, I, I, it increased. And he says, well done. You put, you saw that I wanted to reap something, but you got the benefit of it. Congratulations. Two, I brought you back some more, sir. All right. Congratulations. And one, he said, all right, what you got? What you got? What you do? What you do? Come on now. He said, oh, uh, here you go. I hit it because I knew you to be someone who would come looking for the harvest. And if you didn't see the harvest, you'd be frustrated. And so I hit it. And the Bible says, Jesus looked at him and said, huh? Like, why, why, did, you, why did you put your strategy? You knew my strategy. Like, I, I, like, I, like, the, I like to see, like, an impact. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at him and said, and the ruler was frustrated. See, I wrote this down. Kingdom vision says, plant where God says plant. Self-vision says live in fear and self-vision. Kingdom vision says plant where God says plant. Self-vision says live in fear or self-vision. See, money is to be dictated to based on the kingdom vision that God downloads to you. So here's a little bit of practical homework. It's time now for us to develop the plan. Where does God want his kingdom finances that's in your home to go? This is where we begin to develop our, our kingdom spending plan. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 19, David says this. He says, all this the Lord made me understand in, watch now, writing by his hand all the works of these plans. David literally said, God wrote the vision down. 
He brought clarity forward, and we were able to accomplish this through his hands. David here is talking about, with his son, about the building that Solomon is building and wants to build and wants to complete. He literally says, everything that you see right here, God gave the blueprint for. And he gave me an understanding of what he was trying to accomplish. You tell your kingdom finances where they go because God owns it all. He downloads it to you. It's a tool for God's set personal for you, financial and kingdom goals. Your finances that God has set in front of you is to be dictated to, not to dictate. So we're going to download a plan. So over time this week, you've got, you're writing down your vision. You're asking God to clarify. You're writing down your three personal and kingdom goals and how does it relate to vision. And then we're going to create a plan. So you're going to have to dive into your numbers. You're going to have to say, okay, this is what goes out. This is what comes in. Oh, Lord. Or yay, Jesus. Now, God, what do you see? And then practically speaking, after we write down, now let's find some resources. Let's, let's find some resources. Uh, Dave Ramsey, the Ramsey Group, Crown Financial, all have good resources from a kingdom perspective that can help us create a solid plan, whether it's a spending plan, a debt cancellation plan, a generosity plan, a legacy building plan. Let's start developing a plan. And then the last one, number four, and we're done. Number four, think generational. Think generational. Think generational. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, it says that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the righteous. A good man and woman leave an inheritance to their children's children. As we think about God changing our mindset, God wants us to think beyond ourselves. God wants us to think generational. God thinks down the line. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus hung on a cross because he had you in his mind. So if we can think generational, this could literally be the year where your financial breakthrough is the Lord's release. Where freedom and breakthrough occurs. I wrote this down. Freedom and breakthrough has to occur in all areas of our life or, or we can't walk in complete freedom. God designed for you and I to walk in complete freedom in every area of our life. Billy Graham said this, if a person can get his attitude toward money straight, it will help straighten out almost every area of their life. One of my favorite verses is found in Deuteronomy chapter 15. The Bible says that there's this conversation where God says, listen, at the end of every seven years, there's going to be the cancellation of debt. And he says, and this is how it's going to be. It will be called the Lord's release. Like anything that was owed, 
wherever there's breakthrough that's needed, at the end of every seven years, this will be considered the Lord's release. And any creditor that owes, that's owed something, you need to release it. As I was praying this week and preparing, I felt like we were, as a church, and you as individuals, were to believe God for breakthrough in every area of your life, including your finances. Like, don't, don't, don't give yourself an exit way just because you may earn a high level of income, but yet you still have manageable things in your life financially. Like, no, like, let's just believe God, this is the year of the Lord's release, and so I'm going to receive breakthrough. See, as we think generational, we think, God, I want a breakthrough financially so that my children's children and my family and generations to come can experience something maybe they've never experienced before. Come on, say this with me, say this with me. I will break through in every area of my life. I love the fact that God would ask us to think generationally. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And I said just a few seconds ago that Jesus thought about you years ago when he hung on a cross. The Bible says, For God so loved you that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus died over 2,000 years ago. Listen now. And the Father's vision was that by giving Jesus, watch now, the harvest that he would receive would be you and I walking in relationship with Jesus, walking in relationship with the Father. God's vision was so big, it, it had a kingdom purpose, it had a kingdom plan, and you get the benefit of life. Today, I wanna to just pray for you. I wanna ask you to not only change your mindset as it relates to kingdom finances, but I want you to give Jesus an opportunity to be the Lord of your life. I want to pray a prayer, and I just want you to pray it after me. I want you to pray it in faith. You're giving Jesus an opportunity to lead you and guide you in everything as it relates to life. Come on, let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, today I come to you needing you more and more. I acknowledge that you died for me and that you rose again. And I believe with all of my heart that it is your gift to me. I acknowledge you today as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, City Place, can you make some noise for Jesus? Come on, right where you are, can you make some noise? Everybody, wherever you're watching from, make some noise for Jesus, come on. And let's also celebrate those that made that decision to follow Jesus today. Listen, if you made that decision to follow Jesus, I want you to do one simple thing for me. I want you to text 94000 and just text the word City Place and then just respond and say that you made the decision to follow Jesus today. Or you can fill out a virtual connect card at cityplacechurch.com backslash card. Our team wants to come around you. We want to celebrate you. We also want to send you some resource to take your next steps in Jesus. Well done today. Man, come on, y'all. Come on, we want to keep the change. Keep the change.
Man, I don't know about you, but I have been challenged in this series, even as we dream about all that God's doing and is going to do at City Place Church. You know, a little bit earlier, uh, we talked about just having the opportunity to worship the Lord, uh, whether it's in singing, but we also love to worship the Lord in our giving. And it's through your generosity, it's through your faithfulness, by which the work and the needs of City Place are cared for and met, and, and it allows us to also give missionally. And so thank you. Um, we've been making a great impact, not only in our city, but other places. But I'm also grateful because, as I said just a second ago, we also allow, God allows us to partner together to just allow our church to be the church and function healthy. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing uh, your heart to be connected with the Lord and trust him. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And then I can't wait to see you back here at City Place Church again. Come on, let's pray over our, our giving time. Father, we love you today. Thank you for those that met you. Thank you that you are changing our mindset. And God, we commit today to keeping the change. That the change that you're starting in us, God, that we won't go back to any other behavior, but God, we're trusting you completely for 100% breakthrough in our life. Father, I pray that as we worship you with our tithe, we worship you with our offering. Father, I pray that it makes a great kingdom impact. Thank you for allowing us to represent you well here and impact our city. We give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Have a great week in Jesus. We love you. Thanks for joining us. If you've been encouraged by this message, be sure to subscribe to the City Place Church podcast. And we want to hear from you. Post a picture on any of your social media outlets with the hashtag CityPlaceChurch to be a part of the conversation. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.